Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, joined by our cap and draft expert, Jacob Barker, this week. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. You know, uh, not too much going on. Unfortunately, no Noah this week. He bailed once again, um, so couldn't get him on the episode. But it's okay. We upgraded. We got you. So, you know, big, big win. Well, for I mean, you. like Noah's, Noah, Noah's just doing his best. You know, he's out there in Victoria, absolutely crushing it. So, like, you can't blame him. Yeah, no, absolutely crushing it with Victoria Royals, uh, you know, living his best life. Uh, and we're just here, chilling. Not much going on. Summer's kind of coming to a close. You got school started up soon. Um, so, sounds like a blast. But oh, Absolutely. Yeah, not really, not really too much hockey news going on. Not really uh, too much there this week, as it is, you know, that that time of year before you know really training camp gets started. Not much going on. Um, still no Alexander Barkov signing, unfortunately. So just just waiting for that. Um, but we got yeah, we got some other fun stuff to talk about. Um, right out of the gate, we got to talk. I think about. Uh, the Florida Panthers' most recent first-round draft pick, Mackie Samuskevich, going to the University of Michigan next year. Uh, one of our personal favorite players from that draft. I mean, the guy's just electric. Um, absolute steal for the, for the Panthers. Um, but, yeah, going to a stacked Michigan team next year, um, what are your kind of expectations for, for Mackie over there in, in Ann Arbor? I mean, it's kind of tough when he plays on such a good team, right? In college, like when when you usually get a first-round draft pick in the NHL, you expect him to play like top six minutes right away. I'm still assuming he's in the top six in Michigan, but they do have a lot of guys in front. I'd say if you start him off second line, uh, I honestly, by the end of the year, I'd love to see him playing with uh, Veneers and KJ. But like, like KJ will probably end up playing on the left as well, so I see him playing behind Kent Johnson a little bit just to start the season. But we'll see what ends up happening. Like, I, I'd like to see a little bit of, like, power play time for him. I want to see him get a little bit of opportunities to be creative, kind of be himself uh, with that. But, I mean, it, it is tough, right, when you have um, like when you have that much competition in front of you just on, like, such a good team. Uh, that, that being said, though, like, I think it's, like, the – like, with those teams, like, they're, they're so good. That, like, you, you anticipate them doing well. So – like opportunities are going to come. I'm sure they're going to be mixed up early. I'm sure they're going to be trying to give guys opportunities here. So I'm not too too worried about his opportunities. I think he's going to get his chances. I just want him to be 
like come crunch time, I want to see him inside the top six. I want to see like some strides from him. I want to see uh, him really start to contribute that offensive flair that we all know he has and just kind of add that element again to some already really talented players at Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I think on paper, this Michigan team is probably the best college team in our in our lifetimes, at least for us. We're not that old. Um, so, like, just on paper, unbelievable with Beneers, Kent Johnson, uh, Owen Power, the first overall pick from last year's draft. Like, they got, they got some players there for sure. Um, so, yeah, like, opportunity, like, it, it might be difficult. Like, I don't think he's going to get – the, the premier minutes, I think those will go to guys who have already been there, like, like the Nears. Um, but I think, yeah, comfortably in the top six for sure, which means like, let's say, let's say he's on the second line. So he's not going to be facing the best of the best of the other team. Right. So he'll be, and I imagine too, because he is his first year playing college that they'll kind of ease him in uh, a little bit uh, as, as is usually uh, the case. Um, I hope we see him on the power play a bunch just because I think that's one kind of facet of the game that he really excels at both as a playmaker. And then you also got to respect his shot too, right? He's got, you know, you know, sick hands. So he can, he can, he can hit the seams. So there's just, I think a lot he could, he could bring to that, whether that's, you know, if he gets, you know, power play one time or not, we, we don't know. Um, but yeah, I expect him to be like a, a good contributor for that team. Uh, next year and you know hopefully like because we're both relatively close to Michigan so hopefully once uh, the border opens up we can get over there catch a game or two um, would be would be awesome to get, get to see this guy live um, in terms of like production like points wise what, do, what are you expecting from Mackey I'm gonna try I, it's tough to put like high expectations on the guys you don't want to reach too high for them just because like it is NCAA hockey. So like it's the point totals are never really going to wow you. Uh, I'd be looking, he's got some guys in front of him, obviously guys like Brendan Brisson, uh, Thomas Bordalo, some guys that have been around for a bit uh, with that John Beecher still around. Love the guy. Uh, there's lots, big lots John of Beecher competition guy? in front of him. Yeah. So I would say like, I'd be looking for him. Like, like I'm, if I'm looking for a comparable, looking at what Bordalo did last year, right? Bordalo tossed up 30 and 24, like it's not a direct comparable, but it's more like a like that's like a D plus one expectation. If he's hovering around a point per game, uh, I'd say that's a solid year. Whether it be if it's a little under, it, again depends on opportunity though, right? Like if he's on that second line, uh, even like third line, they're so deep. Like you, you, if they ease him in, he could be starting off on the third because uh, there are also like guys that like, they with the NCAA. It's like there's going to be like seniors that are solid NCAA players that may not be the best NHL prospects, but like. There's guys that can play inside of an NCAA top six that Michigan definitely has. Uh, what's his name? Pastor Java. I absolutely love. Um, of course. I, gotta find it. it's, I forget his first name. Yeah. So, Pastor Yeah. Sasha? No, it's not Sasha. Michael. That's it. Oh, Michael yeah, yeah. Sasha. Michael Pastor Job. Yeah. So I, I love his production. Like, there's guys on the team that uh, are seniors that have an opportunity here that they can like they're looking for bigger roles right these guys have been through the NCAA they have the veteran experience like Sam Skage is going to have to beat out not just the NHL draft guys he's going to have to beat out some old players that know how to play the game so like I wouldn't be surprised if he starts lower in the lineup and then hopefully works his way up but again if he's hovering around point per game that's fantastic it's a little lower again keep the bar uh, neutral right now I'm mostly looking for this good play out of him good experience he doesn't need to be a one and done player. I'd like to see him get a couple years in the NCAA. 
especially this year, like you anticipate a guy like Benier is probably playing one year and he's gone. Like you look at like a couple other guys, like uh, John Beach is probably on his last year of the NCAA. Like some other guys that are like going to graduate to be pros soon. Like the opportunity is going to come. Maybe this is a year where you ease him in and then next year you hope for a bigger role where he really can explode at Michigan. Yeah. Like I'd kind of compare it to, um, and it's a little bit different because he played there. He played NCAA in his draft year, but I'd kind of compare it to like Dylan Holloway, right? Uh, over at the University of Wisconsin. First year there, it was his draft year. Um, but he's, that was a really good Wisconsin team they had there, right? And so they really, really like – there are guys in front of them is my point, right? Like there were good yeah, players. No, you're right. I'm just right? messing with you, yeah. Yeah, I know you're just messing with me because you absolutely disrespect Dylan Holloway. But like – he didn't, he didn't have a big role on that team. Right. And that's fine. But you saw some really good signs towards the end of that season. Like that point, like the points weren't there at the start, but like, you know, he's working hard, he's being a team player. And then later in the season, a little bit more opportunity, the points started to come. Right. So I kind of, and then this year, well, last year, uh, you know, he was a feature player on a line with Cole Caulfield and his numbers just took off. How much of that is him? How much of it is Caulfield debatable. Right. But I'd kind of see like a similar thing for, for Sam Iskevich this year where he's not going to be a feature player, especially at the start of the season, right? The points might not be there, right, early on, but then look for the, the growth later in the season. Like I think that's the, – the key is the growth throughout the year. Uh, for, for a player like Sam Iskevich, uh coming in there to the University of Michigan. And a guy too, like, you know, as much as we, we love Mackie Sam Iskevich, his point totals last year for Chicago didn't really pop off the page. Like he was a point per game player right in the USHL, which is still a good league. Um, But I think we both kind of feel that he's a better player than the numbers suggest. Right. Just based on having watched him a bunch. So I'd expect kind of a similar thing, uh, especially early on at Michigan where, yeah, the points might not be there, but if he's working hard, if he's back checking, those are all good signs for a player. It doesn't have to be all about the points. And then, later in the season, maybe a bit more of a role. And then next season, season after, you could see him being more of a, a feature player for Michigan. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be reading too much in, into his production, especially early in the season. Not for sure. Like, there's a chance that he pops. And there's also, like, if you put him in the right scenario, this Michigan team's going to be nasty. So, like, you put him in the right scenario if they give him like top six minutes just as a contributing player. Like obviously his point totals are going to be a little inflated. So like I don't think, the, like you mentioned, I don't think the points are going to tell the whole story. I think it's going to be a nice mix of points, but I also just really want to see him progress. I want to see him uh, work on just being that contributing factor, being able to contribute to whatever line he's in. And if he's in a bottom six role, then yeah, like you mentioned, let's see him play. Let's see him play a role. Let's see him do something because he's not the kind of player that's going to walk into a top six in the NHL. I think he's going to have to play on a third line when he's in. I want to see him do some more. I want to see him uh, be able to contribute on the special teams. Like I, That's really what yeah. I'm looking for like, in this game, especially he's going to fit into the Panthers system, right? Like all those guys do everything. That's the point. That's the uh, whole that point. Like, Panthers hockey. Yeah. Like what we saw that all last season with the Panthers is that, you know, when there's injuries, guys moved up and down the lineup and they, they fit in wherever. Like they, they contributed, you know, a guy elevates from the third line to the second line. He steps into that role. He does well. Um, that's what the Panthers did really, really successfully last year. That's the type of player Mackie Samuskevich can be. We know how much skill he has uh, and the things he does really well. But I think 
being kind of sheltered a bit gives him an opportunity to round out his game a bit more, get better at the the little details of the game. That's, I think, what, what I'm looking for from, from him next year. Um, as well, I just want to say, like, I'm a big fan of, like, the NCAA as, like, a, a way to develop prospects. Big fan of players going that route. Um, it is a big step up from the USHL where he played last year uh, in terms of competition because you're going up against guys who are more physically mature, guys who are, you know, maybe 22, 24 years old who have, you know, been in the NCAA for a few years. So that's a big step up for him. Um, how well he adjusts to the physical aspect of that will, will be interesting to see. Um, but just the resources that are there at Michigan, the facilities that they have, Noah and I, a couple of years ago, we toured the campus um, pretending like we were prospective students, never any intention of enrolling. Uh, I wish, but the facilities they have there are phenomenal. Um, the coaching staff is excellent. So I think it's a really great place for him to grow physically, to become, you know, more mature, to just, really develop into a key player for the Panthers in, in a few years. Um, so I think it's just, it's a great place for him to be and to be surrounded with other skilled guys, maybe pick up some, some things from guys like uh, Beniers or, or Kent Johnson. So yeah, we'll be, we'll be watching him a bunch next year. I'm looking forward to it, but don't read in the points too much. I think if he's around a point per game, I think that represents a successful uh, season for him. And if the, if you see the growth throughout the year, then I'd say also a, a win for him. There's no rush on this guy. Like the Panthers have a, a million competent forwards at this point. Um, but yeah, with that, well, uh, I guess we should probably uh, move on to our next topic for, for this episode or our second and our last topic, because we're going to keep this one short. Um, but we do have the Olympics coming up this winter. The NHL players will be going after not going to 2014, uh, not 2018. My goodness, time flies. Um, but there are some Panthers players. Obviously, we they're all, they're all unbelievable. They would all make every team, in my opinion. Um, but realistically, not the case. Who are some Panthers players you think could be in serious contention for for Olympic spots? I think. Sorry, that feeds us a little delayed on my end. So I can like yeah. hear you finish and talk. And I'm sure every, all our viewers know but we're in, we're in the same house. I kind of like hear you finish, but then I, yeah, I kinda, we're, yeah, we're right next door. Yeah, but we're still doing like a video call because I suck at editing, um, and this is just easier. So yeah, there might be some some issues in the audio, but right out of the gate, though, I think we both assume Barkov, like Barkov and Huberto, got to be locks for the countries. Yeah, like I Barkov a thousand percent. Barkov's gonna be like right up there, probably the one C for Finland. Bro, and could then, be captain too. Yeah, Barkov's an easy choice for that one. So we don't need to dive too much into that. That's an easy decision. Uh Huberto should be. Like I see some people just absolutely throwing disrespect on his name and not having him in the Canada lineup as if he's not the best left winger that we have, besides arguably Brad Marchand. Like it's not it's not particularly like close. Huberto should be playing top six minutes on uh, whatever Canadian team uh, we add, we end up sending. Uh, it's like he's just a perfect player to have inside of our top six. Like he's so unbelievably skilled, and like no one gives him respect for that. But like he's been, we have so many scores on this team. Like why not play? Like imagine having like Huberto play beside McKinnon, and then like insert player here like Mark Stone. Or something yeah. like that. Like, oh lord, that that, that line's gonna cause havoc, and that's not even our Crosby Marshawn version online. And that's gonna be our 
first slash second line. And we haven't touched McDavid yet. And like McDavid's going to be somewhere there as well. Yeah, you toss McDavid with McDavid, Huberto, Stone. That's a fun one. We could have some fun with that. Uh, And then like a third line of McKinnon, Marner, (laughs) and someone else. That's if you don't, or that's if you split McKinnon and McDavid. Like you could also put McKinnon on that line too. Uh, but I, I think Huberto's got to be in there. Like he he fits the system exactly well uh, with what what Canada wants in their program. And I think what what Canada looks for their Olympic players. And like we really don't have that many left winners on this like in the Canadian depth chart. I think Kevin it's, it's all, be, Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of guys who like would have to switch over. Like we have a lot of centers, right? So yeah. like guys are going to shift over. But I think Huberto absolutely has to be there. Um, I the the tricky part with you know talking about Canada like. The, the Panthers have some excellent players. Most, like a lot of them are, are Canadian, which is kind of an issue when you talk about them maybe playing at the Olympics um, just because Canada's so deep that you know, that's just the country that, you know, we are when it comes to hockey. It's like our one thing, let us have it. Um, but like, so that, that's that, like that, that makes it a little bit uh, tricky for kind of considering some of the other guys. Um just before we get into talking about some, some more players, though, I want to like, what are your thoughts about the NHL sending players to the Olympics just in general? Um, I think it's fine. Like, I mean, they had talked about that. It's not as much, I, I think for the product, it's great. I think it needs to happen. I get the NHL has its concerns, obviously. I was sending those players over just like from an injury perspective, from a couple of just basic, uh, like there's some issues, obviously, going to Beijing, uh, just the international Mid season, I can also. Uh, I think it's best for like all the players want to go. From what I've seen, I haven't seen a single player say, "No, I don't want to go to the Olympics right now," uh, unless I'm missing someone like that. That story come out uh, that, but if they don't go, like someone else will gladly take their place. Now that I think it's better for the product. We saw 2018, like as much as it was kind of cool to see like everyone else go over and represent us, like, a bunch of the European uh, Canadians who are still great hockey players, but. It's just not the same. The tournament didn't like it didn't really appeal to me as much. Like I watched the games, but it was like oh, whatever. Like it's not our real team. It didn't feel like authentic for Canada. So I feel like this, and just for like hockey in general. Like I feel like everyone just knew the Russians were going to win. And like big shout out to the Germans for giving a good run, beating Canada in the semis, and then uh, giving Russia like a hell of fight in the final. Now there's like great. That's awesome. Like kind of entertaining, but like it, there wasn't much entertainment. Like there wasn't much to, else to go into that. It was pretty mess so like I, I think it's good uh i know the the one thing i have heard i've seen on uh television a little bit they're talking about it uh just having china in this tournament is the biggest issue that they're having right now like yeah. where they rank in the world there's some countries that have been left out of the tournament because of it like um norway is not there i believe austria is not there there's a couple other like good there's some good nations that have missed out on the tournament just and like one of these slots is filled by China who are ranked 30th in the world and are in a pool with Canada, the U S and Germany. And yeah. that is not going to bode well. No, it's going to cut it. Justin. Oh, no, I'm still going there. Yeah. You're like cutting in or out, but I get the gist. I can hear you through the walls too. Um, yeah. That would be a concern for sure. Uh, for China. Like I know in the Pyeongchang Olympics, 2018, uh, a South Korea did not have to go up against the best of the best because all the NHL players weren't, weren't over there. But they also brought in like some Canadian type like Canadians and gave them citizenship basically to to help train their players and to play, so to make it a little bit more balanced. That's not going to be the case this year. It's going to be a bloodbath for 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 China. Like they're just 
it's it's not going to look good. Uh, that's just the reality of it. Um, in terms of sending players over, I understand the, the concern about it, like, you know, about like injuries, especially now with, with COVID, um, you know, those types of concerns, right? And especially like I remember 2014 Sochi, John Tavares got hurt. I believe he broke his leg, right? Islanders missed the playoffs. Uh, I don't really care about the Islanders, so I'm not complaining. But uh, Islanders fans would probably have a different perspective. Um, the thing for me is like, the, uh, to me, the concerns – for me, the benefit outweighs the concerns. And a lot of the concerns are like, the, to me, they seem kind of short-sighted, like about a player injury or about certain issues that might come up or about player rest. But I think the long-term benefit of having the best on best players playing at that tournament, the exposure for the sport, if you want to grow the game, that's how you do it, um, is by having your, your best players at these international events. So to me, that benefit in the long-term growth of the NHL as a league of the sport and hockey in general, I think far outweighs any concern about an injury or stuff like that happening. So I'm, I'm really happy they're going, it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, we'll do another episode at some point, maybe making our own rosters for, for every country. Um, but some other Panthers players to talk about here. Um, you would have to, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky probably goes for Russia. Yeah. No, it's like almost a lock, I would say. Yeah, no salary uh, cap at the Olympics, so perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yikes. Uh, yeah, Bobrovsky, uh, like he'll, probably, like he'll be behind Vazzy, and then like Sam Zinsonov probably is going to be in there. It's the third one. I feel like there's going to be three. Like, Although, like, like Shosturkin could come in. Like, oh, yeah, Igor. Sorokin. Like, there's a couple names of guys that can contend, but – Bob has a history of playing for them internationally. Um, he's still a decent goalie. Um, you know, the main issue people have with him is his cap hit, which doesn't really matter for international hockey. So you'd have to assume that just based on age and experience and, you know, his ability uh, that he makes it not going to start obviously, but uh, makes it for sure. Are there any other players you think could be candidates for Olympic teams on, on the Florida Panthers? I think it was a decent amount when we moved to the defense. Like I think um, Aaron Eckblad and Mackenzie Weger are fringe Canada. I think Weger like, has a greater chance of people are like willing to think right now. I just think people just disrespect Florida or just like don't know about Florida with that. I think Mackenzie Weger could give a lot of value to Canada with that. Um, like those are like kind of the fringe ones. Like Radko Gudis is obviously making the Czech team, probably getting a letter. Yeah, and the then, only question is what letter does he wear, right? Like, exactly. Is, is it a C or an A? Uh, right. Just yeah, good vet, good vet for for the Czechs back there. Um, yeah. Bit of sandpaper, so he most likely makes that team. Ekblad and Uyghur is interesting. I would have both of them on my team, Canada, to be honest, unbiased, a little bit biased, but I would I would genuinely have both those guys on my team, Canada. I think they are that good. Um, whether they make it though, not too sure. Um, you know, we'll have to see, but I, I, I think those guys are worthy of spots just based on what they've done over the last, uh, year, you know, year and a bit, couple of years. Um, what about a guy like Marcus Nudavara for, for Finland, a country that has probably less defensemen than you think. Yeah, I was going to actually bring up, I, I'm pretty sure Nudavar is going to make this team. Like, I've, I've seen a few, uh, I've seen a few mocks. I would say, like, 
I, yeah, I, I don't see why not. Right. Like even just in like a bottom, like a bottom two role, like even just around that, like he's like, he's got NHL experience and like Finland is much thinner at the back than like they may have seen. Like they always like, there's names that come across that you think are going to like be there, but then you, you really think about it. And it's like, okay, like Nunavar is like on this level, right? You guys like all, all, uh, all like it's around that level. I, yeah, I like, like, there, like there's like obviously like Mira Heiskanen, right? Is like the guy. Of course. For, for yeah. Finland. But outside of that, they have less defensemen, especially NHL defensemen, than you would think. I imagine they'll take players too from, from Liga from back home. Um, but le- definitely less defensemen than you'd think. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, like it's it's kind of thin. Like Finland is my knock against them has always been like I, I feel like they're like kind of thin, like all the time. Like they have some real skill. Like obviously you got a guy like Anton Lindell in your system. Like he's the best. Best. Well, I was, was going to be my next Markham. point was: Do you think Lindell has an outside chance to make this team Finland? It's like, like I don't think he will, but like if he did, I wouldn't be stunned. Like he he actually could. Like Finland's not the deepest at all. Like in, in any of these, like there's they aren't. No, like they got a, they got some good top end players, but the depth falls off. And he is that type of guy who could like play on a third or fourth line in a shutdown role because that's just the t- style of game he plays. So I I, I would like to see, I would love for for Finland to take him, uh, especially just I think the experience would be great for him too, right? And if he comes in and, and he's you know having a decent rookie season this year, then I think there's a possibility that that he makes that Finland team for sure. Yeah, I'd say like I. Lundell, like when I look at like the guys up the middle, like I think like Barkov, Naaho, and then like Rupe Hints, I would assume. And then like probably between like like as much as it kills me, I guess Barry Cockney, I mean, he's probably gonna be in the mix for that. But then like I, I would argue that like Anton Lundell can almost play a better role at the bottom. If it's gonna be a 4C, then I'd always yeah, take that argument. Yeah, if you're talking fourth line, you know, I'm going Lundell over Cockney. Right. They have a couple other guys that are like versatile that could play center, like Halla, like Granlund. Like there, there's some options. But I think if you want like a true bottom six player at this tournament, and even just even if you take him and you don't play him like realistically, like just for the experience would be would be kind of cool. Yeah, no, I agree. And then I'd say like Nidavara, like his only real competition on the left is like S. Lindell. Sammy Vatnin's still around. Like maybe Vatnin's playing around. Yeah, there. there's like a Oh, Valamaki. I was going to say Valamaki over yeah. there. Like, yeah, they, they got some guys, but, like, he, he's right in that mix. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a team. Yeah, Gustav Forsling's, like, a really good defenseman, but, like, Sweden just has, like, all the good defensemen. So Yeah, I'd say Forsling, outside chance. Yeah, if, if he played for, like, Denmark, he's a lock, but he yeah, doesn't. So it's, like, the entire Panthers roster. <laughs> this is true. Um, And then up front, like, there's – there's a couple of guys that, like, I think, like, it's, it's tough because a lot of Canadians, a lot of Canadians here, right, making it difficult. Like, oh, what about Patrick Hornquist for Sweden? I'm just looking at the roster now. Uh, like, again, it depends on what they're looking for, like, in the bottom six role, but, mid, like, potentially Sweden's, again, they, I feel like they're deeper than Finland, but yeah, like, you, you never know, like, a veteran to play in your bottom six or even just not play but just be there. I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't like the, like, I don't mind the idea of it. And like you need it, you like somebody's got to stand in front of the net on the power play. He does that very, very well. 
So if you played them like almost not at all at five on five and just use them for that could be an option. The difficulty is Olympic ice a little bit bigger. So I think there's more emphasis placed on speed um, than on like an NHL rink and Patrick Hornquist, not a speed guy. No, not at all. Like I, I would probably just use him as a power play specialist. Probably all I'm looking at right now for him. Like we'll see uh, what ends up happening after that. But like I maybe just not even play him is my thought. Like playing, like bring him along, veteran presence, but then kind of leave him there. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, and then there's like a couple, like a couple other guys. Like what if Carter Verhage just absolutely balled out this year and was like a point per game player? Could he be in the mix for Canada? Well, I, I've got the same. I had the same idea for like Alex Foreman and like what if he just ball out and like make the make Team Canada as well. Yeah, like realistically, what if you just took like the Florida Panthers like second line of like Huberto, Bennett, and like Declare, and that was just like your like third line. Well, I mean, like Declare was like an unbelievable player in the 2015 World Juniors for Canada. So, like when you put the badge on him, like I feel like he's basically one of the best players that Canada has to offer. So, like yeah, you might as well, right? Yeah exactly and like sam bennett just you know big game player so you know you take him for for that in the probability you know, and you know in a metal game like how many points does sam bennett put up probably like all of them um sam reinhardt good player too just so difficult with canada that like if canada sent like three teams then then we're talking a lot of these guys making it but exactly not the case uh joe thornton if this was 2010 lock um, but it's 12 years later, so I'm going to say no, John. Um, but yeah, and then the last one here, last player I want to talk about for Team Canada, or not Team Canada, for the Olympics, Spencer Knight. The Americans do have some good goaltenders in John Gibson and Hella Buck, but then when you talk about that third goalie spot, 